Praise the Lord. Man, all you just have to do is take the first step, amen, and God will take care of the rest. Uh, when Bruce shared his testimony uh, the last time, he just said, hey, listen, uh, all I had was money for the first year, and uh, when I look back, I don't even know how the Lord has taken care of me in the second year, amen? And I'm telling you, man, all you just have to do is to get out of the boat if you are going to walk on water, Amen? But it's much more fun in, in, in the boat because everybody in the boat is complaining and doing nothing. And, you know, we can all sing Kumbaya in the boat. But uh, how many of you know that if you're going to live this faith life, you just have to snap out of it and step on some water? Amen. Well, today we're continuing to detox. Hallelujah. So you can live your life with less of the baggage. Amen. And more of the Word. And what's so interesting about the series or the teachings we've been teaching for the past two months is that every time we finish teaching, someone would come to me and say, Hey, Pastor T, were you preaching me today? (laughs) And last week I had four people come to me and say, Man, that was mine. That was mine. And it's just exciting to know that, you know, God, the Holy Ghost is ministering to everybody. Amen. I said, Amen. We're going to go to class again today. I'm going to use the board and uh, just to take this away if you can and uh, just so we can all relax and do this in about 30 minutes. Romans chapter number 12 verse 2. Romans chapter number 12 verse 2 is our foundational scripture and um, uh, just it must face everybody. Romans chapter number 12, verse 2 is our foundational scripture. Amen. If you have it, say I have it. And it says, Be not conformed to the patterns of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may be able to prove that which is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Amen. This is one of the most powerful scriptures for any New Testament believer. Amen? Because once you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are brought to the door of the house. And this is the scripture that reveals to you the things that God has freely given to you so that you can take advantage of them. Amen? There are two ways to live the Christian life. Number one, You can live by responding to the promises of God. Or number two, you can live by reacting to the consequences of not responding to the promises of God. And it's your choice. You can live according to His divine health. I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in good health. Or you can live in response to the consequences of not putting your faith in what God says about your health. You can live according to his principles concerning your prosperity or you can choose to ignore them and respond to poverty when you can't pay your rent. It's totally up to you. Amen? So while salvation brings you to the door, this is the scripture that shows you where the kitchen is, where the provisions are. This is the scripture that shows you where the bedroom is, where you can rest in the Lord. Amen? This is the scripture. If you don't renew your mind, you will not be able to take advantage. And what I like about this scripture is that God didn't say and be transformed and stopped right there. 
No, he said be transformed and he told us how we were going to be transformed. He didn't leave it to our imagination. I'm telling you, man, if he had just said be transformed, full stop, there would be books written about 12, 12 ways to get transformation. 16 steps for transformation. No, you don't need 16 steps, you only need one. And that one is to be transformed by the renewing, I-N-G, renewing, not by a renewed mind. See, the renewing of the mind is not an event. It's a process. It's a lifestyle. It doesn't take place one, once and that's it. No, it has to be a lifestyle. You have to engage in the renewing of your mind. This is why we encourage you to be in Bible college. Man, when the Bible college opportunity came, I was so excited because I knew people would get an opportunity to have 120 minutes uninterrupted in the Word of God. Just focusing on the Word, nothing else. Just receiving the Word. And it is the Word, as you receive it, it changes the way you think. It changes your, the secretary of your mind. And as you do that, you will change your life. Why? Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Listen, if we can change the way you think, we've changed your entire life. If, the word of, if you let the Word of God change the way you think, man, your whole life will become sweet. Hallelujah! So you have to change the way you think. Tell your neighbor that. You've got to change the way you think. Amen? Change the way you think. If you want to see some transformation, change the way you think. And that word transformation is the Greek word metamorpho, okay, uh, which speaks of a drastic, permanent transformation. When you get some of the word of God on the inside of you, man, people that used to know you will come to you and say, man, there's just something different about you. You've changed. And they can't explain it. You know why? Because the word, as it goes in, it begins to change your life. The Bible says the entrance of his word brings light. It brings illumination. It brings a new way of doing things, a new pattern of thoughts that produce life. Romans chapter number 8 verse 6 says, To be carnally minded is what? I didn't hear that. To be carnally minded. See, you can be carnally minded while you're a prayer warrior. Did you know? In fact, I've met prayer warriors who are carnally minded. Because we have so many educated people in here, let's try and come up with a, an algorithmic equation. Amen? To Romans chapter number 8 verse 6. Would that be okay? The first equation is carnal mind. Did I spell it right, baby? Okay. My wife is always like, oh, that's the wrong spelling. <laughs> Carnal. <laughs> what does it produce? Death. Do I put an R? No. <laughs> Who was that? I need to cast some demon somewhere. Carnal produces what? Death. Now what's interesting about this word carnal, is that every time you say it in the church, especially around religious folk, they think carnal means sin. Yep. Sin. Sin is included in carnality, but sin is not all there is to carnality. Carnal also includes of the senses. Carnal also includes Reasoning. 
It also includes making your decisions based on circumstance. You know, you know the word. (laughs) Amen. So a lot of folk are not committing adultery or fornication, but they're carnal. You know why? Because they live their lives based on senses. Every time before we leave the church, every day we say and remember these we say and remember these words from Second Corinthians five verse seven. For we walk by faith and not by that word sight is not talking about your eyes. The word sight is talking about of the senses. When you walk by faith, you are not walking according to your senses. You're walking according to what the word of God says. We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not according to what we see, smell, taste, hear, or can touch. Amen? See, because once you start walking that way, you are a carnal Christian. You're going to heaven, but you're just carnal. And guess what? You will live your life according to death. And by death, he's not talking about the physical death. You know, drop dead, boom. Remember the story? God went to Adam and said, if you eat of this fruit, you surely die. But Adam and his wife Eve ate of the fruit, but they didn't, boom, die. But they died. You know why? Because real death is spiritual disconnection. And it produces fear. (laughs) If you live your life according to fear, you are living in death and you are carnal. Someone say, ouch. Because the Bible says in Isaiah 26 verse 3, He shall keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on him. So if you keep your eyes on God, God will keep you in perfect peace. Amen? Now what's scary about that is if you preach that to folk in the church, people will walk out and say, man, Pastor T said if I keep my eyes, on the Lord, He will keep me in perfect peace. They will get home and just sit in the sun and keep their eyes on the Lord. <laughs> Lord, I'm keeping my eyes on you. I'm not going to make breakfast today because I'm keeping my eyes on the Lord. Pastor T, how do you keep your eyes on the Lord? I'm glad you asked. You keep your eyes on the Lord by keeping your eyes on His Word. Because God and His Word are one. Amen? Before we go forward, stress is also a symptom of death. So if you live your life according to stress, huh? stress. Yeah. If you live your life according to stress, poverty. It's because of carnality. And poverty does not mean not having things. Poverty is a mindset. Amen? Listen, you could have a billion, but if you have a carnal mind, you will tend to poverty, which produces death, ultimately. Here is the equation that most of you live in. To be spiritually minded produces what? And there is a bonus there. I had a a, a counseling session during the week with a a great friend of mine from back then. And, uh, you know, they just went through a terrible divorce and we were just chatting and so on and so forth. And they said, um, 
Pastor T, I don't know why all these spirits, you know, keep following me and so on and so forth. And uh, yet I pray every day at like 3 a.m. and so on and so forth. And, and I asked them, I said, how much time do you spend in the, in the Word? And then they said, well, you know, I pray. I, I pray at 3 a.m. I fast and I pray. And I said, fasting and praying is good, but that's not how transformation is going to come. Transformation comes by changing the way you think. It's as simple as that. Christians want to change that. They'll tell you, man, I know God said transformation comes by changing the way you think. I want to fast 40 days and 40 nights to get transformation. It's not going to work. You can't cheat the system. If you don't change the way you think, you're going to produce death. If you don't invest in your mind, in what goes into your mind, you will produce death. You'll be a lovely Christian. We can sing songs together. Smile at people when they walk in. Be a good usher. But if you don't change the way you think, you will produce death. And you'll still be going to heaven. Hallelujah. I asked them, I said, so what, what was going on in the marriage? He said, man, when we got married... Um, I knew it. I knew there was something wrong with this woman. And I told the pastor that we should sign a prenuptial agreement. I knew it. I just knew it. I knew, I knew this thing was not going to work. I knew it. So I said, why did you do it? He said, man, you know, you, you just got to do it. But, you know, I knew, I knew it wasn't going to work. And I said, no. This, and and, and here's, here's a kicker. Here's where Christians, you know, sometimes miss it. He said to me, he said, uh, she's not, maybe she's not the one God had for me. Let me tell you who the one is. How many of you would like to know who the one is? Whoever you choose becomes the one. Don't hide. See, we make a lot of bad decisions and we want to sprinkle God on them. You know, God. No, the one you choose becomes the one. And you have to make it work. And how do you make it work? You start renewing your mind in the area of marriage. What does the Bible say about marriage? If you're struggling with finances, start renewing your mind in the area of finances so that you can have life and peace in the area of finances. It's as simple as that. So to be spiritually minded is life. Not only life and peace. Life, speaking of the Zoe, the God kind of abundant living. How does it come to you? When you become spiritually minded. By spiritually minded, he's not saying you have to become spooky minded. No, that's not spiritually minded. Jesus said in John 6 verse 63, The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. When you become word of God minded, you've become spiritually minded. All you have to do is to change the way you think and start thinking in line with God's word. You will produce life and peace. Luke 6 verse 45 says, A good man out of the good treasures of his heart will bring forth that which is good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart will bring forth that which is evil. For from the abundance of the heart, the mouth will do what? It will speak. Whatever you put in your heart in large enough quantities will find its way into your mouth and eventually into your life. And most of you will say, oh man, where did that come from? No, that's what's in your heart. When someone cuts you in traffic and a curse word comes out, man, that's just a revelation to you that you need to change what's going into your heart. See, when someone cuts you in traffic, you know what should come out of your mouth? Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit. 
love, joy, peace, gentleness, long-suffering. And by the way, long-suffering does not mean to suffer for long. It means patience. Amen? That's what should proceed out of your heart. Why? Because that's what you put in to your heart. When we were studying uh, computers back then, the first principle they taught us about computers was the computer is not going to do anything for you. They said, whatever you input, giga, you remember giga? Garbage in, garbage out. It's the same principle with a believer's life and a non-believer's life. Whatever you let in will come out. I mean, a lot of y'all, man, if you let in scandal, what's going to come out? I mean, who would name a soapy scandal? And still people watch it. See, if you let scandal in, let me just tell you, scandal will come out. Scandalous, amen? If you become spiritually minded, you will produce life. And not only life, life and peace. Man, this is awesome. Matthew chapter number 4. Mark chapter number 4. Thank you, Jesus. Mark. The word death is translated, it's the Greek word sax, S-A-R-X, if you're taking down notes, which is translated sickness, someone say sickness, depression, loneliness, hatred, poverty, fear, unforgiveness, strife, all of those things constitute death. If, you're, if you see any of these in your life, check what you've been meditating on. Check what you've been thinking on. Amen? That's why the Bible says in uh, Philippians chapter number 4, from verse 6, 7, and 8, Be anxious for nothing, but through prayer and supplication, make all your requests known unto God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Finally, my brethren, whatever things is pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, whatever things are honest, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Push the person in front of you and say, think. I said, hey, I said, push the person. Push the person in front of you. Push them. Push them and say, think. Ask the person, ask your neighbor, did he just quote three of them? Ask, ask them. Did this dude just quote three verses at one time, Baba? <laughs> How did he do that? Because he let them in. And the Holy Spirit will bring them to your remembrance when you need them. Amen? I said amen. Whatever you let in will come out when you need it. Someone once said, put the word of God on the inside of you when you don't need it. And when you need it, your heart will put it in your mouth. And then you just say it. I have life and life in abundance. Where did that come from? From your heart. Because that's what you've been putting in your heart. Amen. Whatever you put in your heart will come out. told you a story uh, uh, about my brother-in-law. He moved in with us, so he had been playing his music and so on and so forth and the other day my wife came into the house and she was saying it's a hard knock life <laughs> and then and then here is where it messed everything up 
for us. I said, no, 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 I'm not, no, no, for you. Oh, by the way, it's a rap song. <laughs> Amen. So whatever you put in, and some of these things go in subconsciously. This is why most of us still think toothpaste is Colgate. Because the marketers were renewing our minds subconsciously without us even knowing it. And that's the potential in the Word of God. The Word of God has the potential to change your whole life. James chapter number 1 verse 21, what does it say? Beloved, lay aside all filthiness and all superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted Word that is able to save your soul. That word able implies potential. The word of God is loaded with potential to save your soul and to change your life. But you have to release that potential. How do you do that? By planting it in your heart. Just get the Bible and start reading. Your life will change. Well, pastor, what if I don't understand what I'm reading? It doesn't matter. The word of God has power in and of itself to change your life. And the Holy Ghost will teach you if you have no understanding. You will get understanding. Say amen to that. Listen, the Word of God is loaded with potential, but we have to tap into the potential. How do we do that? By planting it in our hearts. And as you plant it in your hearts, it will begin to change the way you think. Hallelujah. Mark chapter number 4. This is good. Mark chapter number 4. Lord Jesus. Mark chapter number 4. So the Bible here in Romans chapter number 12 verse 2 just said, Be transformed by the renewing of your... I didn't hear that. Mind, right? I said, right? Now, Ephesians 4 verse 23 hit me. It says, be transformed by renewing the spirit of your mind. That's another dimension. Amen? The spirit of your mind is a totally different ballgame. When the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. He's not talking about as a man thinketh in his brain. And he's not talking about the heart as the blood pumping organ. He's talking about the spirit of your mind. The core of your being. In science, they call it, uh, this is your mind. Alright? This is what is called in science, the, 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 the male part of your mind. It is called the conscious. Alright? And this is the heart that the Bible is talking about. And it is called the subconscious. This is called the female part of your mind. Now this is key. This is critical. As we read Mark 4, the reason why, and, and, and you know, this is also called the approval center. <laughs> Nothing goes in here 
without being approved here. This is called the rationale. You see, if we tell the rational mind that 1 plus 1 equals 1, if he approves it, and then he throws it into your heart, every other time you're going to be asked, what, what is 1 plus 1? You're going to say 1 without even thinking. Okay? Amen? Because whatever comes here puts your life on autopilot. Some of you who've uh, done uh, driving lessons with a manual car, you know this. When you did uh, your, your driving lessons, man, you had to pay attention to the engine and every, you'd listen to it and it goes, and then you know now it's time to turn. Now it's time to change. But now some of you have done it so much and it's become so rational to you and it has been approved and it's been thrown into your heart, you do it without even thinking. Some of you even do it, you break the law while you do it. You're talking on the phone, you're drinking coffee, you're doing your mascara, and you're still changing the gear without even thinking. You know why? Because it's become a part of you. Amen? It's become a part of you. And this is, this is why the Bible says, when the word proceeds, this is in Mark chapter number 4. It says, when the sower sows the seed, the enemy comes when? Immediately. You know why? He wants to steal the word while it's still in here so that it does not reach in here. Because he knows once it reaches your heart level, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. He knows once it reaches the heart level, your life has already changed. He doesn't want you to meditate on the word. He doesn't want you to act on it because he knows once you act on it and it becomes an, a conviction, it is approved, you're going to throw it in there and you're going to start responding subconsciously with the word of God. So what does he do? He stops it right here. So you know what he will do while you're in a church service like this? He will throw in here some donuts. <laughs> so you're not even receiving it in here. Some of you are not even receiving it in here in your rational mind. And if you don't receive it in here, you can't put it over there. And if you can't put it over there, your life will not change. And you know what's so interesting about the heart? This heart, dude, this one, this is, this is like a garden. The heart is like a garden. And what happens to a garden typically if you don't plant seeds? You know, something grows. <laughs> something grows. And that's what happens to the heart. The Bible says in Jeremiah 17 verse 9, the heart, if left to its own accord, is deceptive and desperately wicked above all things who can know it. If you don't plant in your heart, your heart will grow weeds. Weeds of fear, weeds of poverty, weeds of death, weeds of lack, weeds of sickness. Because the heart left to its own accord is inclined to be deceptive and desperately wicked above all things. You have to train it to live in forgiveness. You have to train it to think prosperity. You have to train your heart to think health. Thoughts of health. And to respond with God's word. Amen. What does it say? Mark chapter number 4. Let's go there. Uh. Beloved, there went out a sower and it came to pass his sword. Some fell on the wayside. Some fowls of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground when it had not much earth. See? 
if it doesn't, if it's not connected to your heart level, there is no root in it. It has no, not much earth. Amen. I said amen. When the sun was up, it was scorched. And some fell on thorns, and thorns grew and choked it. And others fell on good, frown, good ground, good ground, good ground. Whatever comes in here, this is the good ground. And it produced to some 30, to some 60, and to most a hundredfold. Amen. I'm prophesying now. To most in this church a hundredfold. Amen. Amen. Jesus. And Jesus went on to describe and explain uh, this parable in verse 14. The sower soweth the word. The word of God is what's sown. Amen. And these are they by the wayside when the word was sown, when they've heard, Satan came immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. He just came and stole it from here. He doesn't want it to reach here. Because he knows, man, if seed, we told you last week that the Greek word for seed, the word of God, is sperma. And when you send your sperma to the female part of your mind, it's too late. It's coming at you. The production has already begun. Conception has begun. So, in your rational mind, if you decide that, listen, I'm never going to make it. It's just hard. And then you put that in your heart. Guess what? Even when it was about to look good and go good, it has to change. Because God doesn't break his own word. God says, as a man thinketh in his heart so easy. So if you put death in your heart, guess what? Death has to come. Unfortunately. And we can't override that. The only thing that can override that is the word of God. Revelation. That's why when the Bible says at the entrance of his word it brings light. When revelation comes, man, it goes directly into your heart. Just bam! And start producing stuff. This is why people go crazy when revelation hits their heart. Have you ever done this? You know, you read in the Bible and God drops something direct into your spirit. You don't even understand it. And you're thinking, man, where did that come from? And you start walking, pacing up and down in your room, man, because it's so strong in your heart. That's the potential in the Word of God. Amen? He said he comes immediately to steal it before it goes anywhere. Verse 14. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 16. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the Word, immediately receive it with gladness. So they receive it over here with gladness. But watch what happens. And have no root in themselves. So it hasn't developed roots. Amen. So they endure but for a time. And afterwards when affliction or persecution arise for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. So they change the rules in the approval center. The rules in the approval center should be if God said it, I believe it and that settles it. If God says, if I give, it will come back to me. Good measure, shaken down, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Shall men give into my bosom? That's it. If God says, if I lay hands on the sick, they will recover. That's it. A lot of folk lay hands on the sick and they don't see recovery. So they go back to the approval center, to the rational mind and say, we are changing the rules. This word doesn't work. Let's lack the rules. And if you change the rules in the approval center... You've changed your life. You've compromised your life. The approval center has to be governed by God's word. Full stop. 
we have a, a, a vlog, uh, a video blog, uh, where we talk about relationships and so on and so forth. And someone sent me a message and said, Hey, Pastor T, is there a shortage of single black men in South Africa? Good, good black men in South Africa. And I said, it depends who's asking. It depends who they have employed in the approval center. If you have improved, employed people that think plenty, man, you'll be stumbling over, tripping over, bumping into good black men. Everywhere you go, you'll be, you will not know what to do with them. Say, so, man, there's too much single black men in the country. Amen? But if you've employed dummies in the approval center and they keep telling you, man, there's a shortage. It's crazy out here. Look at the statistics. It's going to be crazy. Amen? I said amen. So who you employ here has to start and end with what the word says. If the word says it, I believe. If God says you can fly, man, you better walk in around flapping your wings. And if you fall, so what? You get up and start flapping again. Why? Because God said it. And that settles it. Tell your neighbor, if God says it, that settles it. So the reason why the enemy throws everything he has at you when you receive the word, you know, that month you decide you're going to be a tither, a giver. Man, that month is the toughest month ever. You know why? Because he will make sure. Man, I wish to sit down with you all and you know, just to find out how your journey was the day you made the decision that, you know, we are now taking this slip of... Because I'm telling you, once you make that decision, the enemy starts throwing everything he has at you. Everything. Just throw the kitchen counter at them. You know why? Because he wants you to back down before this word reaches here. Because he knows once the word reaches here, it's game over. He's got no job. So he throws persecution. Not because he hates you. The Bible says for the word's sake. So if you don't want persecution, just stop getting the word. Because as long as you get the word, he's coming at you. And he's going to fight you with everything that he has. Amen? Amen. But we have to stand our ground. Say amen to that. Next verse. What verse are we on? 17. The next route. And um, verse 18. And these are they which are sown among stones, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things, entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Chokes the word. Just choke it. Amen? When you pay attention to the deceitfulness of riches. As you get into the word, man, people will come and offer you riches, shortcut riches, get-rich-quick schemes. That violates all the integrity. In the word. Just so they can choke the word. The cares of this world. You know, anxiety. Anxiety chokes the word, man. Just thinking about where this is going to come from. Jesus said, don't think, don't, don't, don't do that. He said, that's what the Gentiles, the unbelievers do. Man, you go ahead and sleep. Because why? You have the peace of God. Listen, you have a God who neither sleeps nor slumbers. Why should you also be awake? Amen. God is watching over you, man. Man, when I go to sleep, I go to sleep. I just shut off. Where is the rent going to come from? That's God's responsibility. Why are you trying to be God over your own life when you've already submitted your life to God? He is the one that said He will supply all your needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So let God do His job. Just let Him be God. 
And don't try to be God in your life, man. Just let God be God. You go ahead and eat burros and just enjoy life, man. Just, just, just hang out, amen. And the third, um, verse 20, are they that are sown on good ground. So the word finally makes its way into your heart. And what happens to these folk? They hear the word and receive it, and it brings forth fruit to some thirtyfold, to some sixtyfold, and to some a hundredfold. Four ways. I'm going to give you four ways to get the word of God to reach your heart level. Quickly. Number one, study the word. Tell your neighbor, study the word. Just study it. Amen. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter number 2, verse 15, Study to show yourself a workman approved of God that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study the word. Just get into the word and study it as if you were writing an exam. You know why? Because you are writing an exam. <laughs> Back in college, we used to uh, uh, just get together a day before the exam and just, you know, cram as much as we could. <laughs> for the exam the next day and you know what we would always cheat the system and pass just come out with flying colors man just you know cheat the system but let me tell you something this system is run by god and the angels and you can't cheat it if you don't study you're not getting anything we might as well just put a defeat sign if you don't get in the word and study man just get in the word study the word the Bible, the Word of God, is your only offensive weapon that the believer has. Did you know that? If you read the armor of, 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 of God. Number two, meditate the Word of God. Number one, study the Word. Number two, meditate the Word of God. Meditate on, in the Word of God. Hallelujah. Joshua chapter number one, I believe from verse eight, he says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it, Day and night. Amen. And then shall you make your way prosperous and have good success. You have to meditate on the word of God. What does meditate mean? It means to ponder. It means to think on. Every day you should just be thinking on the word of God. Amen. The Bible says in Romans chapter number 4 verse 17. I used to always wonder how Abraham did it. How did you do it? How did you, how did you take Isaac up the mountain to actually want to kill him? And the Bible says he considered not anything that was not god's word if you read in romans 4 17 the bible says abraham considered not sarah's deadness of the womb the only thing he considered was what god said the promises of god the only thing you and i should be considering is what god says if god says it that's the, that should be the thing on our minds thoughts of peace whatever things are lovely Whatever things that are pure, whatever things that are honest, whatever things of a good report, if there be any virtue in it, think on these things. Spend your time thinking on the good than you do on the bad. In fact, don't even waste your time thinking about the bad. You know why? Because if you, even if you think about the bad, you're not going to change anything by thinking about the bad. Amen? And every single one of you in here has the ability to meditate the Word of God day and night. Because I know some of you are already, you know, saying, Pastor, I work a job. I, I write chords. I crunch numbers. There's no way I'm going to meditate the word of God day and night. Well, I have a question for you. When that woman, that man broke your heart, how, much, how many times in a day did you think about it? <laughs> well, Pastor T, I thought about it all day, man. I took it with me to work. It woke me up at night. See, you can do it. 
You were just meditating on the problem. Now take that same principle and meditate on what God says. You can meditate while you're working on your job. Meditate on what God says about you. And the Bible says, then shall you make your way prosperous. And not only that, and have good success. As opposed to bad success. There is a thing called bad success. But we're not going to get into that. Number three. Focus on the word. Focus on the word. Just pay attention to the word. Matthew chapter number 6 verse 22. Five more minutes. Matthew chapter number 6 verse 22. Focus. Someone shout focus. 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 Don't lose your focus. Amen. Just keep focusing on the word of God. Keep your focus on the word of God. The Bible says to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen? Watch what it says in verse 22. The light of the body is the eye. And if therefore thine eye be single, someone say single. Watch what happens. The whole body shall be full of light. If your eye is single-minded, if you're focusing on the Word, focusing on God, then your whole body shall be filled with light. The light of the Word of God. Amen? Anything other than single is evil. And it will bring destruction to your life. Don't pay attention to too many things. The enemy is throwing all those things to try and distract you. Don't let him do that. Amen? Just keep your focus. Keep paying attention to the Word of God. There was a gentleman, uh, his name was Sudha Sandhu Singh from India. One of my favorite preachers of all time. In the 1800s, he went to New York to preach the word. And, uh, I mean, this guy was just amazing. He would meditate for days in the mountains. I mean, he raised up over 20 people from the dead. He was just an amazing preacher in the Anglican church. He went to uh, New York to preach the word. And uh, he had about six months worth of meetings lined up for him. And uh, history says he got to uh, the Hudson River. And he walked around Manhattan for a few hours with six months worth of meetings. And then he just decided, listen, I'm going back to India. He went back onto the ship and decided he was going to take the three-month uh, journey back to India. And then they asked him, they said, well, man, why did you cancel six months' worth of meetings? He said, man, there's no point me preaching uh, the word of God to people that are this busy. It's just, listen, I ain't got much time to waste because I know it's not going to do anything for them. There's no focus here. He said, listen, this folk, they, they don't have focus. He went back on the ship and he went back home. Listen, let me find some people who can focus on the word and I'll preach to them because it will produce for them. Man, you can get caught up in the busyness, particularly you and I that live in a metropolitan city like Johannesburg. Man, quit being busy. Just stop being busy. And let the word of God rule your life. You can't live a life without being busy. Because all of us, we just unnecessarily busy. We need to keep our focus, keep our eyes. If your eye be single, then your whole body will be filled with light. Hallelujah. And without focus, man, we're not going to get a transformation that is long-lasting. John chapter number 8, verse uh, 31, 32. John chapter number 8, verse 32, as we close. Is this helping someone? So we said, number one, the things you should do is study the Word. Number two, I didn't hear that. Meditate the Word of God. Just think on these things. Number three, focus on the Word. And number four, just prophesy. Just say something. 
do the oh that that's awesome that's number four actually act on the word see you 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 already know it man just search the holy spirit will reveal it to you amen watch what he says in verse 31 verse 32 verse 32 john chapter number eight verse watch what it says it says and you shall know the truth and the truth shall i didn't hear that but notice this is an incomplete verse because in the english language you cannot start a sentence with the word end the word end is a conjunction and you know i always say this you can't go to nando's and say i want end chips <laughs> amen it has to be quarter chicken and chips now let's find out what the chicken is verse 31 then jesus said to those jews which believed on him if you continue someone say continue continue in my word then are you my disciples indeed and now you can read verse 32 you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free and i have been set free because i'm out of time what